When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast on the Her Who Stats Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Karina Mustafa, alongside Calvin Wetzel, and today is going to be all about the WNBA Finals. The Liberty were able to force a game for much against what we had discussed on last week's podcast. We're also going to get into our Player of the Week later, but Cal, you ready? Always ready. Let's go, Cree. All right. Well, first and foremost, before we get into any WNBA finals discourse, just want to say, like, we hope Chelsea Gray is okay. That looked like a pretty scary injury uh, near the end of game three. And uh, just per reports and the unnecessary footage that ESPN provided on TV and on social media, it didn't look like she could walk on her own. She was on crutches. Um, so we don't know what the update is update is as of now but we do hope she's okay because you know like it always sucks to see players get hurt and she's a very important piece to this aces team yeah i uh i would love to be wrong we're recording on tuesday morning so who knows when we get the official report but it it doesn't really feel like she's going to be playing again in this series like i said really hope i'm wrong uh because mm-hmm. that is just like it doesn't matter who you're rooting for like you don't want to see that you don't want to see stars or anyone um go out and and just someone who's like as important as she has been to to the aces team like it's you hate it as a basketball fan and as a person like she was i was in so much pain and i hate that so would love to somehow see you know how it looked not really be what ends up happening and see her come back in this finals would be great but it's it's kind of hard to see that happening, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Um, so we wish her all the best and we are currently still waiting for the update as of Tuesday morning. Um, but all right, let's get into the series itself because the Liberty avoided the sweep. They came out with a pretty solid win against the Las Vegas Aces in game three. So what was the biggest adjustment that you saw from the Liberty in game three to get them that win? I think, you know, the defensive matchups that they switched up, they, uh, you know, they had guards, Sabrina or Sloot, depending on, um, you know, that some of each guarding Kia Stokes, uh, which like we talked about last time, you know, when Kia has the ball, I, I didn't think they had necessarily done a great job on her. But when she doesn't have the ball, you really should be using whoever's on her as as just a sort of a rover and a help defender. And I think that allowed them to do that. Um, they had Stewie on Chelsea Gray, and then they had the biggest one, Benajelani on Jackie Young. We saw Jackie sort of go out. We were talking about her as a X Factor possible Finals MVP. She only had what was it, eight or nine points in this game? Yeah, she had nine points. And I think that's a that's a huge credit to Benajelani, and and also yeah, obviously Sandy Brondello for switching up those matchups, which I think worked out great. Now, if you're Becky Hammond, like you you heard her in the post game press conference say, you know they switched matchups and that really shouldn't make up a 40 point gap. I think it was, or whatever it was from the margin in game two to the margin in game three. And she's right. Like, no, we talked about it. This in the last podcast too, there's no one thing that you can really do to make up a 40 point gap. So that's, it, it was more than that. Obviously shots went in. Uh, they really came out. We'll talk about this uh, with a lot more energy in front of their home crowd. Uh, they were just more locked in, but, in terms of actual schematics, the, the matchups, I think, played a big part and definitely something that we'll have to see how the Aces kind of hit back in, in game four. Yeah, and I think for me, like even on the defensive side of the floor, it very much felt like more of a team effort. Like it felt like every single Liberty player that was on the court was extremely active, like including like Courtney Vandersloot, um, who we talked about, who struggled. Uh, within the first two games of the series but I thought she was way more active defensively like she got a couple of hands on the balls when the aces were in their offensive uh, on the offensive side of the court and then also just like the laney hustle defense like that one play where she like runs all like throughout the court to catch up with Jackie and prevent that layup like it was little things like that that everybody was just doing their job it felt like they were communicating better and nobody let up I think that was one of the biggest things that I was keeping my eye on because the second that the Liberty let up that defensive intensity the Aces could have ran away with it so quick but it never happened and and I like that I saw that because that's kind of been an issue that they've struggled with throughout the season where They'll either start out the first half strong and then finish the second half kind of sloppy and just not with where they were in the first half. Or it'll be the other way around where they start out the first half sloppy and then they pick it up in the second, but it's not enough to fix whatever happened in the first half. So it's nice to see that energy throughout all four quarters. And I'm sure that's something that Coach Sandy um, was really harping on and probably really likes to take away from that. But yeah, Jackie Young, we talked about her. She had a pretty quiet uh, nine points after, you know, we were calling her the finals MVP in the first two games of the series, um, posting up 26 and 24. So to get nine points from a player who started out the series as, as on fire as she did, I think, I think that was key. Um, even Asia had 16 points and, you know, even with Asia Wilson, because, you know, she is the MVP of this team in general and 
the aces can win games even if she doesn't hit 20 points um the fact that they were able to just really focus on each of their matchups i think went really well for them and then you saw that the offensive the offense just kind of flowed after that like i know that's such a, a saying that gets said over and over that like good defense leads to good offense but it's so true and i feel like this game was a perfect example of that yeah, it's true, obviously, in terms of getting out in transition. You know, you get stops and you get those opportunities. And it's true just in terms of that energy sort of being contagious. And, you know, one side feeds off the other. And and some players are feeding off other players and feeding off the crowd and all of that. And that whole snowball sort of got going for the Liberty, I think, which is I, I feel like when you really see the Liberty at their best this year is when you get that snowball effect, when you get one thing and another thing and another thing starts to starts to really get that momentum going. And, and I think we saw that, but it's like you said, like they were locked in for 40 minutes this game and, and we've seen them, you know, they really got dominated pretty well in those first two games, but it's not like we didn't see any flashes of them being really locked in that first yeah. half in game one, Liberty played pretty well. They were up at halftime, but they, they hadn't sustained it until this game. And, it's, it's an accumulation of those little things. Like you brought up that Laney play. There was a, a Jonquil Jones play, I think. So in game two, I don't know if you remember the, the Asia Wilson up and under where she got Stewie really good. Uh, and then she did the same thing in game three, that same little up and under move. And Jonquil was there uh, on the help side to to take yeah. that away. It, it was the same play, but, but JJ was there. And it's just like you – that 40 point gap that you make up, you, you make up one or two points with, with that Laney play. You make up one or two points with the John Quill play. You make up two points here, two points there. And it, you put it all together possession by possession, staying locked in and making those plays on every individual possession. And it adds up throughout the course of the game. They, you, you can hit a bunch of singles in a, and all of a sudden you're back in the game and, and we even winning the game compared to where you were at that same point in game two and i think that's what the liberty did it's true and like i don't like to use this stat to kind of drive a lot of the narrative a lot of the times because sometimes it's not very accurate but like all liberty starters were above plus 15 at the end of the game like there was nobody like the bench was in that minus but all liberty starters were in the plus and it like it just showed how much they were contributing and being able to stay in front and like nobody was really stopping anything from happening or you know just kind of letting up so i thought that was pretty cool it was like there was like plus 16 plus 17 plus 22 a couple of players were um which i think you know speaks a lot to how that game went yeah well and you're right sometimes that stat doesn't mean anything in this game i think it absolutely meant a lot and especially if you look at the first two games the liberty all five starters were minus 10 or worse in both of those games which it's only happened 10 times in finals history and two of them were in that game and well, the lovely. aces starters <laughs> the aces starter shout out to cross the timeline for that by the way the aces starters were all minus 10 in this game so they totally flipped the script in that regard uh, which yeah. obviously if, if all your starters are plus on one side, they're arguably minus on the other side. But uh, yeah, you're right. It just really speaks to to how, how they were playing. Absolutely. Um, and we kind of touched on it a little bit because that home court advantage, it felt like even though, and I was looking at Sabrina Ionesco as one of those players who might feel more comfortable at home. She did only have nine points. However, I felt like her three-point shot felt way more comfortable than it did in the first two games. And you could see like the emotions, like she was screaming after like big plays. Do you think that's like 
a little warm up for what's about to happen in game four that she's like, you know what? Like I'm at home. I got some of my like crazy three point shots in, in game three. Now it's really time for me to unleash. Yeah, I think so. I think she's sort of the quintessential player who fits in that kind of momentum snowball that we talked about where when when that energy gets going, that's when she's at her best. And I mean she had eleven assists. She you know, she played great. Yeah. She had nine points, but she played great. Uh I I, I think we're gonna continue to see that game four. And I th- I think going back to those defensive matchups, you know, when you talk about Sabrina didn't have to follow Jackie Young around for 40 minutes and in guard <laughs> who at times was the best player on the floor, I think, in those first two games. When you don't have to worry about that as much and expend that energy that sort of frees you up on the offensive end too and so i I think we saw some of that from sabrina and i yeah just a all around like really important development for for the liberty to see that and nine points is extremely misleading like you said she she was back and we we could see that full-on explosion coming in game four it's definitely possible yeah. Um, so if uh, if anybody's a betting person out there, actually, no, maybe don't take my advice. But it's just I don't know, maybe something to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, OK, so that's like on the Liberty side. Let's talk a little bit about the Aces side. What did they struggle with in game three? Because this time Kelsey Plum was the leading scorer. Nobody really came close to her. She finished with 29. Um, what did they struggle with in game three, whether that's like what the Liberty made them do or maybe something on their end? Yeah, obviously, you know, they had a tough time getting Jackie going because of what the Liberty did with those matchups. Uh, you know, they they struggled to hit shots for the first time in this series, shot 31% from three, uh, which you can probably factor in some of the home court environment into that. I think, uh, you know, the Aces haven't won in that building yet, and they haven't really been that close yet this year out of three tries. Uh, so they've, they've dominated the Liberty a few times, but they've all been at home for them. Uh, and if you, another, you know, point that Becky brought up, if you listen to the post game pressers to just that, according to her, they messed up all their screen coverages. She had a funny quote about it. <laughs> uh, you know, someone, someone asked her about the different screen coverages they were running. And she just said, listen, it doesn't matter what, what the, you know, whether we were at the level horizontal parallel, I'm trying, I think I'm paraphrasing. I'm trying to remember her words, but they were all wrong. We messed them all up. Uh, and so whatever they were supposed to be on any given possession, uh, she wasn't very happy with it, which I'm sure is something that she will be cleaning up heading into game four. That's not something that a, a team that well coached with the, with that much experience and, and veteran leadership messes up twice in a row. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I would expect that to sort of uh, be something that they fix, but yeah, it's it's again accumulation of, of a bunch of things that really need sort of the tables turned and tables need to turn back if the aces are gonna close it out in game four. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure Becky gave them like very stern talk in the locker room. Like I just love like Becky Hammond, like this just as an aside, like her personality is so funny. I think like she's one of the most interesting coaches to talk to in in post-game, pre-game media. I think she gives like amazing quotes and like her personality just shines through and so yeah no she's just she's just a fun person <laughs> um and she's kind of like a big reason why this aces team is just so so dominant and i yeah like to be clear like i'm not expecting 
this game to go again. I mean, again, it does depend if Chelsea Gray is playing or not. But at the same time, you know, the aces are still the aces. So I'm very interested to see what is going to happen in game four. Um, The big question is, do you think that they can repeat that and force a game five? Like, are the Liberty going to be able to do the unthinkable here? I think so. And I hate talking about why, because... I think the biggest reason why is just that I'm not sure if Chelsea Gray is going to play and I, I hate it. It sucks, but I, it really does change the complexion of this series. And if she plays, to be clear, if I'm wrong, I think the aces are fully favored and I don't think this series goes to game five. But mm-hmm. if Chelsea Gray doesn't play, you're talking about that domino effect with the bench that we've talked about all season long with the aces where they're, just one injury away and they're they have depth issues and they can kind of manage them because their starters are so good. But what happens when you lose one or two of those starters and over the off season, we looked at, okay, they weren't very deep last year. They brought in Candace Parker. They brought in Alicia Clark. Now they have seven legitimately solid players. Then they lose Candace Parker. Now they're down to really Alicia Clark, who was great all year, six woman of the year. Now with, if Chelsea Gray isn't playing, you're putting Alicia Clark into the starting lineup. You still got five stars you can trust, but now what? Are they playing 40 minutes? Are you going to Kirsten Bell? Sid Colson? I love Sid Colson. I'm not sure if Becky was planning on playing her heavy minutes in the finals. Uh, <laughs> without Chelsea Gray, she's going to be playing some minutes, I'm sure. But you'll probably see Kelsey Plum played 40 minutes last game. I'm sure she'll play 40 again. Probably see Jackie out there for 40 minutes, maybe Asia. So uh, it, their depth is going to be really tested without Chelsea Gray. And obviously... She runs the show. Asia's the best player, but your point guard runs the show. So, yeah, I, I definitely think the Liberty, if Chelsea doesn't play, could could get it back to Vegas. And who knows in a game five, again, if Chelsea still isn't back by then, I, anything could happen. Anything could happen in that game. It's I think the Liberty would face a tall task even without Chelsea, just going out there uh, in that environment in a winner-take-all game. But... They they have an advantage at that point, personnel-wise, so it, it could definitely happen. And this could be that series that we talk about for the rest of WNBA history. Every time someone gets down 0-2 in a playoff series, if that happens, we'll be talking about, well, it's happened one time, 2023 Liberty, the only team to do it. Maybe we'll be putting an asterisk on it because maybe Chelsea Gray isn't there, which is a huge asterisk. But th- this could be that series that gets brought up year after year as that one time, every time someone goes down 0-2. I wonder if an argument maybe against that, and I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I disagree. Like I, I totally agree. I wonder if like an argument made is that the Liberty were still kind of on track to win that game, even with Chelsea Gray in, just based with like all the adjustments they made. Um, but again, like if Chelsea doesn't play in game four, then like you have no way of knowing if they would have been able to repeat that, um, or if it was just like a one-off they were able to adjust in that game but yeah no i i totally agree it sucks like it and the thing is this kind of thing happens in sports all the time um like i'm wearing my raptors shirt like if we're going to talk about the raptors like their championship in 2019 people love to put asterisks on it because of the warriors team where katie went down clay thompson went down and i'm just like well okay all the raptors players were injured too but anyway that's another Another discussion for another podcast, but I think my point, overall point being is that it feels like there is always going to be asterisks when something happens that is like 
outside of the normal expectations of which teams are going to win what and how much. So, no, it's, it's it's definitely interesting, but it seems like just a normal normal topic in sports discourse. But really hope that Chelsea Gray is okay, like, outside of all this. Before we move on to our player of the week, you know, we kind of talked about Stewie last week. So I want to do, like, a little check-in with her, what you thought of her in game three, um, and if it gave you any confidence moving to game four of what she can be for the team. I know she had that very, very exciting block on H.O. Wilson that I immediately went to Twitter and was like, that is a volleyball block. There is a reason why Stewie is on my all basketball volleyball team. Um, Like the timing on it was incredible. Like, I feel like if there was a way to encapsulate the game, it was that play. But no, what did you think of her um, in game three at home? Yeah, well, that block was amazing. First off, there's uh, I have to shout out my team. I have I've made it. How what episode is this? Number nine, number ten. Yeah, I've I've made number it nine. like nine episodes. Granted, we haven't talked about college basketball yet. I've made it nine episodes without talking about Illinois State. So I think I it's time. <laughs> Kate Bullman, fantastic shot blocker, Illinois State. The coach texted me after that block. I was like, Stewie's looking like Kate Bullman out here with that block, which is. No one who's listening knows what that means, but go watch Kate Bowman and then you'll know what I mean. Anyway, I think Stewie, like, you know, she we still didn't get that sort of vintage, like 35 point type of what, what we saw, you know, last year in the in that storm aces. I think really a couple times, but in one game in particular in that semifinal series that I'm thinking of. Uh but like we didn't need to that's that's the thing on this team is that when you have someone like John Cole Jones who we're going to get to putting in 27 points uh when you have you know Benajah Laney playing how she is on on Jackie in that matchup uh and and Sabrina starts knocking down threes and and she's finding people again like Stewie Stewie was able to just be be her and and really she played I think great defense on Chelsea and and, and help side all throughout the game uh obviously she hit some shots she didn't need to go off for 30 or 40 but uh yeah she's I, I think she's back like I and she hasn't been the best player on this team in the playoffs or in the finals and she doesn't need to be um she might need to be if they get to a game five on the road we'll see because that that's that's your time more than any other time when you need your mvp to step up but I, I enjoyed watching Stewie. I'm not going to lie. I, that was a fun game for her. Yeah. Like, I felt like a lot of little things, too. Like, she finished with 20 points. Like, there was that one play at the beginning in the first half where um, Sab passed it to her and she was able to finish um, right there with the layup. Um, I just think it was little things like that that maybe started to get some of her confidence back. I know a lot of it has been weird, like, three-point shooting and her threes not really going in and so it's just kind of like okay well how do you work around that now and kind of make some adjustments because she can score in other ways like I don't think like Stewie needs to rely on her three-point shooting um and so I think I saw like little flashes of that in game three and hopefully like again like we talked about with Sabrina too like maybe they're all just a little bit more comfortable in game four now that they've had that one win at home um so yeah very interested to see what happens in game four really really want that game five just for you know being greedy for more basketball i don't think i'm like completely ready to part with the WNBA season just yet <laughs> um so that's definitely another reason but yeah we're yeah I know we're both. 
we're both hoping for that game five. We, I mean, as you know, as a basketball fan, definitely. And also, you know, these teams still haven't really played a close game yet. And uh, I mean, maybe game four is that, but I, it would be, I don't know if poetic is the word. It, it would feel just something would be sort of right about it. If somehow these teams play like 15 straight blowouts and half of them go each way, which makes no sense. And then they get to game five and finally have that down to the wire, some type of reader, you know, to for someone to win the finals. I think that would be that would be pretty cool. Whoever it is, like just I would love to see one close game and game five feels like that's the moment if it's gonna happen where where we get it. It's true. And I've like brought it before. Um, I brought it up before on this podcast, I think, like even before the series started, where again, I'm going back to the Raptors in 2019, but their semifinal series against the 76ers, every single game was a blowout until game seven, and nobody had any idea who was going to win. And then it came down to that final <laughs> Kawhi buzzer beater, like literally the greatest moment of my life. I think I was happier with that buzzer beater than the actual championship, but that's another thing. Um, but it was just so crazy um so like yeah like i think something that kind of parallels that would be pretty awesome um and that's like that's the first thing obviously that i think of you know being from i just want to know like if podcast listeners don't know like i am from toronto canada i am canadian like i feel like there might be some people who maybe don't know me who are like why does she always bring up the raptors uh but yeah let's just let's just make that clear but anyway okay Game four is set for Wednesday uh, when you are listening to this podcast. So make sure you go and tune into that. Moving on to our player of the week. Um, if I had a drum roll, I would do a drum roll. But Cal kind of spoiled it can like you hear it? five minutes ago. Can you hear this through my mic? Is it coming I, can, I can hear it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know if they can hear it, but I'm doing it. It is John Quell Jones. Okay. <laughs> she has been phenomenal. She had 27 points, eight rebounds, three assists, three blocks, two steals in game three, leading the Liberty to that win. She's been phenomenal the entire playoffs. Like, I think if you had, I went on um, SNY after the game and I was like, if you had like a playoff MVP, like outside of finals MVP, like the entire playoffs MVP, I feel like that would be Jonquil Jones for Liberty because they would not be in this situation without her. Um, like you look at that Mystic series, you look at that series against the Sun, like she was the factor, like she was the reason they got out of those series. And if they're able to pull off the most incredible comeback ever, um, she is going to be a big, big reason um why that happens um but yeah what did you think about her performance um in game three but also overall yeah i mean what stood out to me she she played 40 minutes uh because in those first two games she was absolutely dominant for 20 minutes and then in the second half they kind of took her out of the game now in the in game two obviously that was because they switched uh you know they came out of the second half with asia guarding her and they had had kia stokes on her before that mm -hmm. um and you know asia is going to take anyone out of the game so it makes sense but we really saw i think john quill finally exert herself start to finish like you said 27 and i don't even know what the rest of her line was a million rebounds Four Eight threes, rebounds, three assists, three blocks, four th two steals. <laughs> 55 of everything, 55 <laughs> points, 55. And, and the three that you put up there was, I, I think, so 
it wasn't quite a career high. She's had five threes a couple times in 2018. It was it was tied for a season high. Most that she's had in in five years, four for seven from three, and that's that's huge. That's when you're doing because we've seen John Quell. Obviously, she can knock down the three, you know, but usually she's good for one, maybe two a game. We've seen her since the All Star break sort of re exert her dominance on the block. She's been a load to box out. Uh, she's been flying around in this series, blocking shots on help side. When you put all of that package into someone who's also going to step out and hit four threes in a game, I, what do you do? Like Becky Hammond's probably not sleeping this week, trying to think about how to stop that <laughs> because John Quell has been, if it's possible, better than she has was uh you know post all-star break i think we were talking about how good she was post all-star break and how much she turned it on late in the season which helped the liberty really turn it on late in the season i think she's been even better than that in the playoffs and in this series in particular especially for four of those six quarters where they had absolutely no answer for her she might even be better in this series than she was in 2021 in the regular season when she won the mvp i it's it's hard to to say that she was so so good in 2021, but uh, this might be the peak John Quell that we've seen across her entire career for this last week or two, which is just amazing to watch unfold before our eyes. After how she started the season with that stress fracture, coming out so slow to be where she is now, I know she has told Miles Ehrlich how proud she is of herself, and she should be. Any Liberty fans should be proud of her. She is really carrying the team right now. Absolutely. I fully agree with everything you said. Um, I think she is playing her absolute best basketball when it matters. Um, like she has been phenomenal in the playoffs, phenomenal in this series. And we know it, like I know, like the Liberty game plan a lot of times is, well, we'll just pass it to John Quell in the paint and kind of let her figure it out because she can muscle her way in. But now you have that versatility where like she's not she's not only doing that, like she's literally stepping into these threes with so much confidence and she is knocking them down. So like like you said, like at that point, what do you do? Like <laughs> there's only so much you can do to actually game plan for her when she is at this level. Um, so just incredible. I mean, yeah, her stat. I'm going to say her stat line again in game three because like I just think it's amazing. Yes. How points. many assists did she have? She had three assists. So not. Not very high, but 27 points, eight rebounds, three assists, three blocks, two steals. Well, I was going to say for her, though, when when she's drawing doubles, I mean, three assists, I, you know, I, I think that's a big deal. I think because they have shooters all around her. And, and if she's going to be able to pass out of that, like, I, yeah, three isn't like it's not like she was Sabrina out here dropping 11. But yeah, I, <laughs> can you imagine I, if that I, happens? Oh, my God. <laughs> that might be coming. That might be coming. We might get a John Quill quadruple double with blocks and assists before this series is done. Why not? Oh, there you go. There's your there's your hot take of the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I actually got to find that clip of like 55 burgers, 55 hot dogs, whatever. It's, it's Mark's fault that's, that that's, I know. That's her stat line. Yeah, we need that yeah. clip is her stat line. We need to put it in. Yeah, we do. Um, but yeah, just flip. Oh, last thing before we wrap this up, flipping the script. We talked about Jackie Young potentially being finals MVP if the Aces win. But if the Liberty's pull, if the Liberty pulls us out, does John Quell get finals MVP? I, 
There's no question. I mean, we got two games to go if the Liberty pull it out, right? That means yes. we have two more games. Big if, in... big if, yeah. Big if, big if. But if if the Liberty pull it out, who knows what happens in those last two games? Who knows if we get one of those vintage Stewie games or if Benajah Laney starts popping off like we saw in the semis. But to me right now, there's no question. If If you were voting for a Liberty Finals MVP right now, from that team, it if it's not unanimous, someone's doing it wrong because it's it's John Quell by a landslide. And I yeah, I, I just think if if they are gonna pull it out, you know, I, like I said, they got two games left, so who knows someone could step up, but at the same time, I don't think they are gonna pull it out without John Quell continuing to play this way, because that's the biggest reason why they're here and that's such a big factor in it. So yeah, if they do pull it out, I think it's gotta be her, and I think it will be her in that case. Yeah, totally agree. All right, make sure you guys let us know who you think will be finals MVP, who you think will win the WNBA finals, if the Aces are going to wrap it up in four, or if the Liberty do the thing and force a game five. Um, We will see you next Wednesday. Make sure you're tuning in to Her Hoop Stats playoff coverage throughout the entire week. Uh, You can find us on social media at Her Hoop Stats, myself at KrenaMM. You can find Calvin at CWetzel31. And yeah, we will see you on Coast to Coast next week.